Hey guys, thank you for listening to Love and Dubai Show podcast. Today we spoke about some amazing stories, starting with an airline passenger who just lost her cool and was screaming at her co-passengers and uh, cabin crew members. We dissected that whole situation. And what was the conclusion, Shahir? She then issued an apology. And yes, she needed to apologize to everyone, but did she need to apologize to the internet? There's levels, there's levels to it. And speaking of levels, we spoke about Saudi Arabia and how they're going to be taking it up another level and bringing to the world a high-rise tower that's going to topple Burj Khalifa. I'm not ready for that day. I feared this day would come where Burj Khalifa was no longer the world's tallest tower. Well, that day is soon to come. And here are all our other stories only on Love and Dubai Show podcast. Good morning and welcome back to Love in Dubai show where we take you through the top trending stories of what is happening in and around the city. My name is Simran. And I'm here. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Happy Tuesday. And today's top trending stories are Emirates temporarily halts flights to Japan's Osaka in response to Typhoon Lan. And also Dubai celebrate India's 76th Independence Day. And then we'll be talking about Saudi Arabia is constructing the world's tower that will rival Dubai's Burj Khalifa. And then you can join Maison Design Exhibition and Awards this September. Exciting one. And after all of today's stories, we'll be going live with the hilarious Yash Bharadwaj. And that is going to be so exciting. The man's hilarious. We've mm-hmm. been stalking him on Instagram. Yep. Speaking of social media. Oh, yeah. Good morning, you guys. And what was the tea you gave me this morning? Okay, so... <laughs> Everyone must be familiar with the lady who had a freak out on the airplane, right? Yeah. She, like, it's me, Murthy, it's okay, all so over I the internet. Okay, I was not familiar with this. There was a lady who freaked out on a flight. Yes. And was just using profanity and yep. was, uh, like, just screaming at one of the cabin crew members regarding She, a passenger. Exactly, saying the uh, member's not real, like... whole debacle on an airplane someone filmed it posted it online the flight was delayed by four hours and everyone got taken off the plane along with their baggage just to accommodate this one lady who was having a crisis in the moment so the flight was delayed four hours yeah it was, was it was delayed four hours only for them to get off the plane that is insane just because this lady was having like a hysterical a meltdown. attack okay. yeah Okay, and so did they justify as to like what the attack was or anything? Or like, okay, fine, well, all of this happened and this video was shared on social media. Yeah. What happened was that? Became meme-worthy, went all over the internet. All your big meme pages started posting it. Like memes are um, pop crave, like all the big ones. Saint hoax, everyone made fun of her. The entire world was making fun of her. Yesterday, she issued an apology saying, I'm sorry, at a mental breakdown, we all have bad days. And then she went on to say, I was bullied relentlessly. I wouldn't know what I would do if it wasn't for my friends and family. Okay. Okay, so basically this uh, lady was just acting out on yes. an airplane. Yes. She was recorded. The guy mm-hmm. posted the video on social media. Yes. And it, gone, it went viral. Yes. She was bullied for it. She was uh, like trolled for it. Yeah. And what is your question? And then My question is, yeah. well, so after all this, she set up an organization. She now has a... A website under her name where you can basically fight against online bullying because she said a big part of it was how she felt after it like someone filmed her posted it yeah. it wasn't authorized it's violating her privacy despite everything that happened I mean yeah it is a uh, defamation completely right like this is what the UAE laws are completely against like mm-hmm. you cannot film someone without their permission yeah and that to circulate such videos um, I mean it does firstly it does bring such behavior to light 
But number two, it's without her consent whatsoever, shared online. Exactly. It's, yeah. But my question to you is, mm. do you think she owes the internet an apology? Because it's one thing to apologize to everyone on the plane after it happens. Say, I'm so sorry for the inconvenience. Like, obviously, there's a flight of over 100 people. Does she people- owe the internet an apology? Or does she owe the flight and those affected an apology? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, why would she owe the internet an apology? Because she made this whole like two and a half minute video saying, I'm sorry, this is what happened. It was a bad day. Why does she need to apologize to the rest of the world? That's where I'm coming from. Why do you need to apologize to the rest of the world when your privacy was broken? It's one thing to go to the people on the plane and say, yeah. I'm so sorry for what I've done to you. The inconvenience, I can't repay that. That's But I think for thing. your own brand image, right? Like yeah. as a person, it doesn't matter if you're famous or not. If you've gone viral for all the wrong reasons, it can mm-hmm. affect so many aspects of your life, relationships, work, uh, so many other factors, right? If you I don't think kids, of that. I, yeah. I think so, right? You have kids, you have so many things, like, you just don't know. And it's like to put out that public justification as to like, okay, nothing justifies that behavior, number mm-hmm. one. Like, you know, swearing so loudly on a yeah. plane and just getting like disturbing to that level. But if you are going to do it, like you would want, like put your side across as to like why and just for your peace of mind, you would do it. Although yeah. it doesn't. Have yeah, I don't think it's like a brand image thing. I think it's a human image because you're so yeah. right. What if she wants another job? They're going to go like, aren't you the one that, you know, like it's just going to look bad. And then your kids are going to get affected as well and see. Mommy's a crazy person. Like, you know, yeah. it's just going to cause this whole thing that's going to impact the rest of your life. Yeah. But issuing an apology, you're so right with this. Like, we're now talking about it, yeah. you know, and so is other news um, outlet and publication in the world saying, lady that had yeah. a plane freak out issues an apology. Yeah. That's so interesting, though. I mean, like, just the whole thing is so strange in terms mm-hmm. of, like, firstly, that behavior, secondly, posting it. And then, like, of course, certainly you just don't know how to respond because media personalities get, like, media training. Yeah, how exactly. to deal with press and yeah. trolling. And- I bet she did, though, because she was, like, she knew what to say. Mm. Like, it was a well-thought-out apology. She said, I needed all this time to figure out what I want to say. I mean, But- if you've got the guts to behave like that on an airplane in front of all those people and just yeah. scream at that level, then you have the guts to issue a public apology. 100%. And the whole thing is actually, like, You know what? It's the fact that she actually uh, accepted and apologized yeah. that shows the kind of person. Not shows the kind of person. It, it still like says something about her instead yeah. of like for her going like, excuse me, like why was I filmed? Instead of getting on defense. Yeah. You know, at least uh, you it's would give her It's a tough learning that. lesson for her, yeah. for sure. And the fact that going back to what you said about brand image, now she does have a brand image because she's saying... I'm advocating for just people's peace of mind and not getting bullied on a public platform. She turned the whole thing 360 to work out in her favor. She called Kris Jenner. I'll tell you that much. Kris Jenner, 100%. She must have. 100%. You said it so right. Um, Okay. Should we do a little bit of Shahir shoutouts? What is up, people? Okay. 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 So my realtor device is good morning. Good morning. Find me a place, please. That is cheaper than the one I'm living in because apparently I'm being extorted. But good morning to you and thank you for watching. So everyone is uh, just sending in messages for Happy Independence Day. So happy Independence Day to all those celebrating. Woo! And good, good morning. Do you want to say good morning to Hamza222? Good morning, Hamza222. Hope your day is filled with bliss and joy. Then there is Miss Ba. Hey, Miss Ba. How's it going, buddy? This show's for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, we love Shahir shoutouts. But we will jump into our first story, which is Emirates temporarily halts flights to Japan's Osaka in response to Typhoon Lan. So in a proactive move prioritizing passengers' safety, Emirates has made the decision to temporarily cancel flights to Japan's Osaka. The cause behind this decision is the severe weather conditions brought by Typhoon Lan, which has prompted the airline to adjust its operations accordingly. The announcement posted on Emirates' official website highlights the cancellation of flights EK316 and EK317 to and from Osaka. This adjustment is in effect on August 14th and 15th, so it was yesterday, and it applies today as well, as the airline takes precautions to ensure the well-being of its passengers and crew members. Acknowledging the potential disruption to travel plans, Emirates expresses its regret for any inconvenience experienced by its passengers. The airline is urging affected travelers to explore rebooking options in um, consultation uh, with their tra- in sorry consultation with their travel agents through Emirates local office. As a part of their commitment uh, to passenger communication and support, Emirates encourages travelers to keep their contact details updated in their bookings. This will enable them to receive real-time updates regarding their flights and any further developments. Exactly. And the timing of this adjustment aligns with a warning issued by the Japan Meteorological Agency, JMA, and the agency has cautioned about heavy rain, strong winds, and the looming risk of floods and landslides. The convergence of these factors underscores the need for cautious travel decisions, and Emirates remains dedicated to the safety and well-being of its passengers. The airline's swift response to the potential impacts of Typhoon Lan exemplifies its commitment to upholding the highest standards of safety. in the face of unpredictable weather events and our thoughts and prayers are with Japan and Osaka right now and it's a very tough time like right now we are seeing so many um, like natural disasters disasters. happening across the world and that just really puts a spotlight on you know global warming and how the weather is changing so drastically yeah because we've seen weather conditions that we haven't in you know in decades and the iceberg that randomly showed up in I want to say Canada was Australia, the size of London, a whole iceberg showed up overnight. Like all of these, like, it's so surreal and it's so abnormal, but it's so factual at the same time. Like these things are happening and there is, like, you're reaping the, well, rotten fruits of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Of our past, exactly. And like, so true. And now it's like we see, we hear this news, we see the visuals on social media, we sympathize with the people and their pain, but... Yet, we don't do anything to change what little we can, you know, like in terms of global warming, we know what's existent, but what are we doing about it? We still leave the AC on when we leave the house. Yeah. You know, it's just like the small things. I don't. (laughs) Like, those are racking up here. But also, there are events like COP28, which are there to address these issues and see how to move forward and see what can be done. Like, especially in places like here, like these small, minute details like leaving the sea like whatever it may be however minute to drastic the yeah. impact of what we we are doing is like cities like dubai are doing what they can to make changes and um events and seminars that are taking place for example cop 28 these are the places where these things are addressed and as a global citizen yeah. we all are um this is where we can figure out what to do next and also about yeah. emirates i just want to say Like, they are so on their game. Because, like, that yeah. small detail of make sure your information is updated on your ticket, not everyone does that. Not They every airline does sure. that. No, not every airline does that. I, um, I was in Oman two weeks ago, I think. 
and went to the airport, was on my way back here, only to find out that my flight was cancelled. Didn't get an email. But you know what? Emirates would have sent an email saying your flight's been cancelled. Yeah. You you know what? Like, both your points are so true. Like, just going back to COP28, right now, we need to get involved in these conversations. Like, it's about time we get involved, get a part of it, Mm -hmm. and just take the actions. Because waiting for other people to take actions on these things, it's just... It's, uh, I think that t- we've crossed that bridge. Like yeah. now we're on the other side as to like the deep end and we need to take the actions ourselves. Yeah. Like everyone is responsible. And secondly about your point with Emirates, oh my God, people only want to book Emirates because you know it's a very reliable flight, very so reliable airlines. And you will get your information. You will get everything sent to you well and prior to your flight. You know, it's not going to be on the day of or... anything super inconvenient yeah and there's always a call center that picks up doesn't leave you yes! waiting for like hours yes! it's these small things yeah that make life worth living like it really is you don't want to be like some of them don't even tell you how long until like someone can pick your call up you know they're like yeah. your number is 758 wait and emirates is 24 7 like their mm-hmm. call center and other airlines is they, they they will stop answering your calls after 10 p.m they'll only open up at 9 a.m it's like and you're stuck within that time period and exactly. you need to make a call you're not able to call anyone emails are left unanswered instagram is not answered like who do you contact with airlines emirates is so efficient mm-hmm. so so efficient that other airlines need to you know take a page out of their book mm-hmm. Learn from your big brother. How about that? <laughs> But it's so true. You literally, they're like, oh, nope. Our opening, our working hours are 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah. It gets to 9 a.m. No one's answering until 11 p.m. What's everyone doing for that first two hours of work? <laughs> 11 a.m., sorry. 100%. And the lines are busy for the longest time. Then they put you on hold for the longest time. Then they mm-hmm. have to check their systems for the longest time. Then they mm-hmm. get back to you after ages. And by uh, that time, imp- you've missed your flight. And you're just sitting there with a whole bunch of losses you've made because of your... missed flight including here because you've been pulling it out all night trying to figure out what the next move is moving on to our second story so dubai celebrates india 76th independence day here's what you can expect here's what's going on so the uae is home to around 3 million 420 indians and they make up the largest population in the uae and in honor of india's 76th independence day dubai has gone all out as it typically does and here's what you can expect from the day itself First up, you can expect the Burj Khalifa to light up in the tricolors of the Indian flag, saffron, white, and green at around 8 p.m. So that is the biggest thing to look, the biggest thing. look up to. Yeah. Uh, you can also expect the Indian flag to be raised at the country's embassy in Abu Dhabi and the consulate general in Dubai to mark the occasion. And restaurants all over the city are also uh, partaking in the celebrations with offers and discounts galore, including Masti, Bombay Bungalow, Pincold by Kunal Kapoor, and Dhaba Lane. So you'll have so many of these amazing restaurants and cafes. Your favorite Indian uh, restos will be offering you some discount or some uh, kind of deal that, you know, if you want to go out, celebrate with your family and enjoy good Indian food, today is the day. And even if you go into malls, like there will be... crowds and herds of people just like going all over the mall like yes dances. for one will yes. be having great celebrations happening at the atrium and you can expect that in a couple of other areas like Oud Mehta, Bardubai and Amankul so she said it fun times fun times and it's great like it, like the city it's it's home right mm-hmm. for all uh like for the south asian community it's our second home and mm-hmm. the way it makes you feel like you know so 
loved and warm and welcomed here with their celebrations and everything that they do. It's incredible. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Like Casey was saying yesterday, you're away from home and just for a country, uh, entire country, to make you feel like it's a part of your country's celebration. Like, yeah. in a way, you feel like you're missing out, but then you're not at the same time because Burj yeah. Khalifa appreciates you. The malls have people all over, like, just doing stuff, dances, colors, everything. You go yeah. to restaurants, discounts. Like, And you learn so much about, like, each other's cultures mm-hmm. living in Dubai. Like, if, you're a fa- if you like Indian food, you, for a fact, will wait for Independence Day just for the amazing discounts and, like, for sure. the free dessert, you know. When you were in school, did you guys have, like, anything in particular you would do for Independence Day? I was in an international school, so not really. It wasn't specifically we did anything for any international day, except for, like, maybe... National day itself. National day, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, not really. It would just be, like, family celebrations. Like, family and friends would come over, just, like, mm-hmm. those small gatherings. And, like, you go out with your family for dinner, or you go out for, like, you know, a nice lunch, depending on if it's a weekend or not. Yeah. But, yeah, those like, just very intimate, cute stuff. I feel like, um, are these the dinners where... You can go order whatever you want as much as you want and just ex- expect your dad to be okay with it. Is it one of those? Like, isn't that always one of those when you got with your parents? Not really. No? <laughs> no. But my no. dad refuses to go out with me to restaurants. Why? Because I'm such a messy eater. And I don't like, think so. A fork will drop, something will oh, drop, okay. or whatever. You know, I'm very clumsy. You're a tornado. And, and he will just be like, yeah. Should Here's just my card. Casey. You go eat there. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Go wherever you want. Don't message <laughs> me. Eating here. Yeah. We don't want to know where you are. You finish eating. You meet us at this point, and yeah. we'll just go. They put you like a baby seat, <laughs> and they expect you to just deal with it. Like Simran. Okay. Anyway. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, how would you celebrate your National Day celebration? Um, we just have like. I think it's called Masiras. I don't even remember the word in Arabic anymore. But mm. people just cause traffic, honk in the streets, oh, get the flags out, you know? Yeah. Like, it's the most Arab thing ever, causing traffic. <laughs> I think that's a very <laughs> Middle Eastern, Asian thing, yeah. causing traffic. I think that's the, the biggest way that everyone partakes in something in Oman. And same it's here. So like, I think funny. all over the Gulf. How are people so just immune to people causing traffic? Like, you know, in America, you like, like all these places, if you cause traffic, you're like, yeah. like no, no, yeah. no, they're not going to have it. But in like Middle Eastern countries, Asian countries, you do it and it's just like you're a part of something so much bigger and it's yeah, like exactly. traffic is worth it. Like it's an unspoken unanimous agreement. Like, hey, there's going to be traffic today. you're not actually going anywhere. Yeah. You're just causing traffic. Yeah. Like, we do it when the national team wins football games, Eid, like, anything yeah. worth celebrating, there's going to be traffic. I For think- funsies. <laughs> <laughs> For no particular reason. You know what? It's a vibe. Uh, we are just such an amazing race. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Vibes. <laughs> all throughout. Um, guys, our next story, Saudi Arabia is constructing the world's tower that will rival Dubai's Burj Khalifa. Hmm. 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 So prepare for a sky-high showdown as Saudi Arabia sets its sights on toppling Dubai's towering legacy that has reigned for over a decade. The ambitious North Pole project unveiled by Saudi Arabia's holding co. CEO Mohammed Al-Qatani is a massive blueprint that spans a whopping 306 square kilometers in northern Riyadh and promises a futuristic utopia. The audacious rice tower poised to conquer the title of the world's tallest tower. A crown device Burj Khalifa has won 
won proudly at 828 meters. So news is abuzz with plans for the um, colossal two-kilometer skyscraper that's poised to redefine towering achievements. Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund is the mastermind behind this architectural marvel slated for an 18-square-kilometer development north of Riyadh. The visuals below reveal the landscape, sorry, to our side, with uh, residential communities, business districts, and industrial sector intertwined as a network of clusters. The primary focus lies in guaranteeing effortless connectivity and smooth mobility throughout these domains. The main goal is to make it easy for people to move around and see places smoothly. So, um, yeah, and can Saudi Arabia endeavor outshine Dubai's iconic Burj Khalifa? Oh, my God. Like, that is the game now, right? It's like how to one-up the <laughs> other. It's like we've got the tallest tower. You know, what ours is taller? What do we bring that's bigger and better than the next person? You know what it's it makes me think of? Healthy competition. healthy competition but like it's like i have let's say like me and my siblings right i get the newest phone yeah and then a few months later my younger sibling gets the newest phone like you're happy for them but like i want the newest phone as well yeah it's exactly that and you want yours to be better and bigger and like more features yeah. uh, but it looks like like if you look at the designs that we've shared uh, beside us like what they are uh, basically pitching and showing of like what's going to come of this high-rise tower it's gorgeous Mm -hmm. like the whole ambience of it the whole structure of it the whole purpose of it yeah vibe central station and it's definitely going to give a good rivalry to dubai's and like we're not down for that i mean i'm jealous for (laughs) me i wonder if It's actually physically You know what, impossible. no matter how tall other sky rises get, Burj Khalifa will be the tallest for me. Exactly. You know yeah. what? At the end of the day, Burj Khalifa... Oh, she's... It's like, you know, the there. Eiffel Tower will never lose its beauty. Exactly. That's literally exactly what it is. Because, like, we also have Burj al Like, we have our... We have our... Things, you know? Yeah. We have, like, as siblings of different countries... We have our toys that you won't have. Like you can have nicer toys or bigger toys or whatever, but my toys are still special. Exactly. 100%. It's like every country has something unique to them, which others try to beat and others try to like enhance and yeah. uh, propel up. But, you know, like those stay special to you. Like you said, like, you know, your toys are your toys. Yeah, you're still going to think, like when you think Dubai, you're still going to think Burj Khalifa. You're still going to think you know? Dubai. You're still exactly. going to think all those unique nuggets that other places can build in a more enhanced version. <laughs> But yours is the OG. That's it. OG. So moving on to our last story before we go on a very short break. Um, So you can join the Maison Design Exhibition and Awards this coming September. So mark your calendars for September 20th as the luxurious Emirates Palace is about to transform into the epicenter of elegance and innovation. Get ready to be captivated by the one and only Maison Design Awards 2023 presented in collaboration with Maison, I can't pronounce the French word, Inventally and and uh, the prestigious Masgoid magazine, and which Love and Abu Dhabi are proud media partners with. And we're also, be a, uh, we are also thrilled to be a part of it, along with our sister brand, Smashy. So this uh, evening dedicated to celebrating those visionary creators who've left an incredible mark in the world of design and interior aesthetics. But hold your excitement, because that's not all. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled journey through creativity, 
and Innovation from September 20th to 22nd, the Abu Dhabi National Exhibition Center is set to host an exhibition that will unveil the latest trends, products, and insights in the world of design. It's a rendezvous you won't want to miss. Definitely not. And if you're aware of any artists in or around your social circles, you can nominate them now at maysan.com and let your nomination be the spark that propels them towards greatness. Or the next big project and the next big triumph. Just like this is, there's two sides of it. One, you're getting to experience everything that's up and coming in art. Mm-hmm. You're, it's literally the place for you to like acknowledge what the trends are going to be, what are you know the pieces of the season, or yeah. just like to get to know art on a deeper level. That's one side of it, right? Then there's the awards. And you can nominate people for these awards, which is the best part. As artists, like there's a lot of trials and tribulations to get to where you want to be as an artist. It's not one of those industries that are so quick for you to just get the hang yeah. of. There's it's pretty the, much hanging on validation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's a game of probability, like getting your work into an art gallery, getting your work seen, having someone acknowledge what your work is worth and what it means to you. Yeah. But this is an amazing way for just artists to get that recognition like being nominated alone is a big thing and do go down to just show your support like morally like it doesn't have to be <laughs> financial or anything you know just go down like if you appreciate art and talent and all those uh, things like just go down to show your you know like just be there for the artists and be there for the creativity and just stand for all those things exactly are you an artsy person Am I an artsy person? I really love, love, love just like reading about uh, like the piece of art in front of me Mm -hmm. and seeing like the intentions behind every single, uh, you know, like aspect of it. Like why was this created and all that? So I mean, I really do appreciate it. What about you? I think you appreciate it a little bit more than me. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you you not go to different cities and like one thing on your list is to see the museums? For me, that's at the top. 100%. Like... Of course, it has to be on your list because what better way to understand their culture or exactly. history if not the museums? Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't get people that want to go to a different city and look at trees. Like, you can do that here. But the arts. No, you trees won't are also find. a vibe. It's fine. I mean, trees are a vibe, yeah, sure, for like one day. Or you can see it like driving to the art gallery. But I, I feel like the art gallery is what really gives you a sense of the place that you're in. I don't in. know who you're hanging out with who wants to go to another <laughs> country just to look at trees. Like, let's walk and look at trees. I don't know, people that go to parks, I just don't get it. That's what... When I went to London, everyone's like, want to go to a park? No, let's go to an art gallery. Okay, I think both are vibes. Both are vibes. Sure. But yes, galleries, of course, like, it's, it just nourishes your soul and your yeah. brain. And like, but so do trees. Gets the creative juices flowing as well. You yeah. know, I always go to an art gallery and after that, I was like, I need to get back into painting, which I haven't since Thank GCSE. God for all of the buy, all of loving, <laughs> for your family, for your friends that you've not gone back into art. They would have been grateful. No, I'm sure. I'm just kidding. You're so talented. Thanks, Sin. Um, so we're going to go on a short break. And then after that, we are joined by the hilarious Yash Bar, uh, Bardwaj. He is a comic that's unmatched, mm-hmm. unparalleled, and is... Plain hilarious, so stay tuned. 
Hey guys, welcome back to Love in the Bay. Sure, guest today is our very own local funny guy who sets to hit the stage on August 18th for his comedy special, Expat of Arabia. Welcome to the show, Yash Bharadwaj. How are Thank you? Thank you. Thank you so much for Woo! having me. Yeah, and Thanks that to that turn on Independence Day. Right? What yeah. a perfect occasion. What a perfect occasion. So, how right. long have you been in Dubai? And um, I moved here in 2015, so it's been almost eight years now. Yeah, it just it feels nice. I mean, I, I feel. Is this I, your home away from home? Will you be pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. You know, I feel I feel very free here. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when it's Independence Day, I think for for Indians, as soon as they start living away from their family, that's Independence Day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's been it's been it's been uh, the theme since I moved out of India. So well, or yeah. your like plans to commemorate today specifically, like. We know the gist of like leaving home. It does feel like yeah. independence, but Look, anything special? Honestly, no plans. I was just hearing you guys live outside and realized, oh yeah, it's Independence Day. So because we've been we've been we've been celebrating Independence Day for so many years, like sometimes it just like you know you you tend to forget. But like I just I just remembered this morning that it's our Independence Day. So now I have to act all patriotic all day now. Not to act, but anyway, tell us <laughs> yeah. about uh, how you got started to comedy, and tell us a little bit about yourself and our audience. Yeah, so I I actually started doing comedy in Abu Dhabi. I started in um, 2017. I took up a writing comedy workshop with uh, with, with 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 this brand called Yalla Laugh back in Abu Dhabi, and I actually started doing comedy. in Abu Dhabi in 2017 and you know back in the days like uh, it was tough you know it's because comedy was like super new mm-hmm. so you know you, you would just like be performing in front of people who would sit with a straight face and then they come and tell you that was a great seminar <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you just uh, yeah that 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 would scar you for life so really? but then yeah but then eventually just it just picked up and then you know I moved to Dubai here in uh, in 2020 uh, I remember you know uh, back in the days you know uh, Desi comedy used to be like quite a thing you know everyone yeah. used to be doing like Desi comedy so that was that was pretty big so I, I, used, I, I used to love doing Desi comedy but then like eventually when I moved to Dubai I started doing a lot of English comedy And then I started my own comedy production called Flamingo Life. So we we produce a lot of local line of shows as well. So obviously my stage time personally increased by leaps and bound. Mm-hmm. And then I became a better comedian. I started doing shows outside of Dubai and everything. And then I just thought like I think it's it's about time because I'll next year again I'll start touring. So I think it's about time I need to you know pay a tribute to whatever I've learned in Dubai as as a comedian. So hence why the show is called Expat of Arabia because. This is who I am. We'll get into um, your upcoming show yeah. and everything in a bit. But can you tell us more about what you were doing prior? Yeah, because obviously you got to a point where you're like, oh my god, this is what I want to do full time, right? Yeah. Was it scary for you transitioning into? Yeah. What you want to do now? No, so I don't do this full time. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, this is one advice that every comedian will give to you know anyone who's starting out doing comedy: do not quit your day job <laughs> because okay. you don't know what's going to happen. So yeah, I mean, I I still have a day job by the mm-hmm. way. Okay. So uh, I used to work with uh, Zomato for seven eight years actually. So I was I was part of their advertisement sales team, and then you know Zomato being you know a very uh, very supportive environment. I always always got thought. Uh, got that support from them to you know yeah. really do comedy after my work. So it's yeah, I think um, uh, it's it's not easy to become a full time comedian unless you're in a very developed 
comedy market, you mm-hmm. know, where you know there are networks to cover you as a comedian. There are platforms that will put your comedy uh, streaming platform, etc. So Dubai is not there yet as far as comedy is concerned. Like comedy is not a mainstream art form as of now. Yeah. But sooner or later, uh, let's hope. You know, uh, hoping for the best. So. I know, I know, I know. Comedians just don't like it when they're like, you know, put on the spot and like, yeah. tell us a few jokes. Are you one of them? No, I, I hate it. You hate it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you because, you know, I mean, I, I would love to tell a joke or two for sure. But like, <laughs> that's like, you know, when, when somebody, when you tell someone that you're a comedian mm-hmm. and then he's like, you know, tell us a joke, like... more than anything it comes across like uh, I don't believe you yeah that you're a comedian what do you mean yeah. or like you just want to laugh yeah but like sometimes when you, if you tell someone that you're a dentist that you you won't be like oh can you can you do something to my teeth and like yeah. you know, show it to me how it works <laughs> so it's it's it comes across like that but like I think uh, look jokes uh, um I'll, I'll I'll tell you a bit of routine that I do, you know. So I've, I'm I'm doing a lot of stuff about, um, you know, how Dubai is so interesting that you know, uh, like, even though it's like 50 degrees Celsius outside, but like people who come from like really cold countries, they actually come here to defrost. So like, <laughs> like you literally in peak summer in, on the beach, you'll see people getting orange, right? So I again, there, there's a lot of stuff I talk about that. I talk about you know how. Um, You know, doing comedy in a market like like UAE, where you know, in Middle East in general, where comedy wasn't a thing. So again, you know, things like that, where people come up to you and they give you feedback every now and then, and they mm. tell you stuff like, "Hey, man, nice seminar." You know, don't do it again. Sorry. You know, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. And then you know, uh, when you when you live in Dubai, you know, uh, you 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 start you start going out. You obviously, you know, you try dating. We've all been there. You know, mm-hmm. so. Obviously, a lot of a lot of funny stuff come out of that. A lot of the stuff that I talk about is actually uh, like you know, twenty uh, one plus, not appropriate for all the audience type. Yeah, hence the tickets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So hence the tickets. Hence the sh- uh, like you know, uh, whatever shows we do are all twenty uh, one plus because you know uh, it's Ooh, not appropriate for okay. all age groups. Yeah. Inappropriate jokes. Inappropriate jokes. <laughs> I know. Favorite. I know. I know. My family would be proud, but you know, it is. Do what they it is. watch? Have they seen anything? No, I tell them that I talk about. about uh, good things yeah. you know like uh, uh, plans. like India is best yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, prime yeah. minister is the greatest global warming talk about, yeah global warming yeah. climate mm-hmm. change yeah. uh, tech uh, you know um, oh yeah. look it rained <laughs> so <laughs> things about that you know so, so where yeah. do you draw your inspiration from is it like things you pick up online a mix of r- real life what you face plus other people's experiences or how is it yeah so look it's it's a mix so um a lot of my comedy comes from travel as well like you know i i've traveled extensively so i pick you know anecdotes from there mm-hmm. and then like you know i uh, what what i try to do is what's my favorite form of comedy is i do a lot of um lot of cultural contrast and the, it works really well here in a market like dubai where you know i'll be doing comedy for people coming from non south asian backgrounds so i mm-hmm. contrast their culture with mine you mm. know uh, so things things like that basically like for example you know like intermittent fasting uh, mm. you know people from the west they're doing intermittent fasting uh, saying oh it's it's the best way to lose weight etc like you know for us if you tell in india like you're doing intermittent fasting they'll be like beta are you poor like you know <laughs> you cannot able to afford three three meals a day so like it's it's stuff like that it's like yeah. a lot of contrasting that i do mm. you know a lot of my stuff 
pretty much everything that I that I that I say or joke about is very personal. It's very self-deprecating because I I don't want to make jokes on you know someone else's expense when my life mm. itself is so funny. You know? Do you think it's a mindset thing that you need to have as a comedian? Um, Because obviously you're saying you're taking stuff that are so real and you're putting this twist on it to get people to laugh. Is it a mindset that you grow up with or is it something that you develop? Yeah, it's it's an Indian family thing, you know. (laughs) We we pull each other down, like, you know, especially the cousins. Like, you know, we're not happy with anyone's success. We're like, yeah, yeah, he made it because, yeah. So it's just just that thing. Like, it's just just an ongoing banter. Like, we're not with this... Because uh, Indian families, there's there's almost uh, like there's always so much about uh, you you're not doing this, you're not doing that, and like you know it's at at that point like at some at some point you feel that oh that's that's stressful, but at the same time you're like oh that was also funny, yeah. you know. So yeah, Mickey I think. Mickey Kaushal said in an interview, no one else can put me down because my family puts me down exactly. so much. Yeah, <laughs> same vibe. Yeah, exactly. Same vibe. Yeah. So I, I, if I call my, if I call my parents right now, I'm like, oh, I'm, I was, I was on radio. I was doing this. I was on Love in Dubai show. They'd be like, hmm, hmm, hmm. So is it still hot there? So you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> they can don't you call back. We're having a more pressing yeah, question. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. No, no, no. Yeah. They, they'll always talk. They, they never ask me to call back. So, okay, I want to ask you, like, <laughs> with, uh, you know, on stage when you're performing, I'm sure you have times where you freeze up, where you forget what you have to say next. So how do you, like, in those situations, how yeah. what, what do you do? Look, so far I haven't, that hasn't really happened to me so far is because I'm just uh, uselessly talkative sometimes, you know. Yeah. But, like, what happens is when, you, when you're performing sometimes, like, there is a pin drop silence mm. and you thought that was your... best joke like where do you go yeah. from there yeah. you know so that has happened like so many times well, and that where do you go from there um, home oh. <laughs> 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 where else will you go man so it is yeah that's I mean, that's is there a, any way you try to change the situation around because you're, yeah. you're expecting love yeah so a, a lot of things so I, I i used to do especially when when i was starting off because this used to happen quite often back then mm. so my few few lines of relief was like Okay, so that was my best joke. Thank you, everyone. And then everyone would laugh at, at that. that. Like, oh, that was your best joke, huh? Okay. Oh. And then, like, stuff like, oh, uh, my cat liked that joke, but okay, I get it. So, like, you know, something yeah. of that sort. So, I'll, I'll, I'll just break the tension in that mm-hmm. room and I'll, and I'll make them laugh at me so that, you know, yeah. things get lightened up. But then now, now I'm, I'm a bit more equipped these kind of situations is mm. because over the years I've learned how to do crowd work you know I've learned give how us a to... few tips on that because there's so many up yeah. and coming comedians yeah. and those who just seek tips from pros like yeah. yourself you know so I think look crowd work is um, there's, there's one mistake that everyone makes while doing crowd work at, at the start is that they let's say if I asked you hey what's your name just tell me your name Simran yeah so I'll try to make a joke right there okay Oh, so you're, you're Raj's Simran, like, you know, I'll try to make a joke there. Okay. And that's the biggest mistake is because, you know, uh, sometimes you should just let the conversation flow, let the mm-hmm. audience know who Simran is, ask mm-hmm. you questions. A joke will come by. Okay. You know, like, for example, I keep asking you, oh, what do you do? Oh, I work in love in the back. Oh, thank you for telling me about all the long weekends. Like, you know, oh, so yeah. that, 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 just, that just becomes a better joke rather than just like, you know, pouncing on that first cliche that comes into my mind mm-hmm. when I hear your name. Right. So I think it's just about having a, a genuine conversation with someone. And, uh, and then the jokes just come by. 
and even if it's like you know even if i'm not able to find you funny or anything funny in your life i'll be like okay welcome to the show simran how about you <laughs> like you just okay. move on to the next one i'm going to ask you about yeah. that cuz i see that a lot with yeah. like just like comedy tiktok yeah what if you don't know how to like derive a joke out of someone yeah no it's fine it's look so technically you're just having a conversation with the mm. person you met mm-hmm. like you know that's a different thing that a joke comes by mm. but like uh, what i'm doing is i'm just getting to know the room right so everyone knows the room and suddenly you know uh, later on i was doing a joke where i had a call back let's say with the engineer so like uh, you would know that so and then maybe i didn't want i didn't have a joke back then when i asked you and you told me you were an engineer and suddenly i started doing my jokes and uh, a call back came by and like ah now i can link these two together yeah. right so it's about getting to know the room right and that's again one mistake that even my uh, even me i used to make that i try to come up with a joke then and there in yeah. the very first thing you tell me and that's the biggest mistake if it's if it's not a good one like just don't say it <laughs> yeah just keep on yeah because clichés are the worst form of comedy where you just go on stage and you just put a cliche out there Okay, so you have your gig coming up, Social District, yeah. Palm Jumeirah, very exciting, and uh, you are a producer of like the Vice Comedy Club and you know Flamingo Life. Yeah, we have we know all of this, but like tell us about your online presence just a little bit because yeah. you have a great stage presence. You've yeah. established all of that, but how important is it to stay relevant on social media? Super important, <laughs> super super important is because you know what happens is um, again. Uh, talking purely about the perspective of staying relevant especially as a stand up comedian who's you know always in in uh, on on stage you need people to like recognize you need people to buy your tickets so you have to stay relevant and then you can only release um, x number of jokes online because once that joke goes online um it is uh, difficult to do that joke again mm. on a ticketed show right mm-hmm. so if you see my instagram i don't do a lot of i don't post a lot of jokes so i do i post a lot of crowd work mm. right so what happens is i'm technically i am putting a stand up comedy clip of mine but i'm not giving away a joke mm. i'm keeping the jokes for everyone who buys a ticket to the show yeah. right apart from that i do a lot of you know uh, random reels i d- i did a series uh, one of my reel actually uh, crossed like 30 million views oh. that was yeah I, i bought a camcorder and i was just playing with it okay and then i realized that there is they have this night vision uh feature feature it just makes you look like you you're shooting the blair witch project mm. <laughs> and i made a very funny uh you know paranormal investigation video and i was just like oh this is so funny i was just testing this feature and in the morning i woke up and the video just like insane took off i got like 10000 12000 new followers oh that's incredible by just one single video Oh one single it, it's so random how yeah. things go yeah. viral and people people stole i wouldn't say stole they basically downloaded that video and they posted on their pages like they all said. these meme yeah. pages and even they got like individual 3 million 4 million views like Incredible. so Uh, but have they like tagged you and everything? No. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's so it's typical fine. though. It's so But typical. but you know what? Honestly, after a while you lose the track of it. I yeah. mean, it it went to such an extent that video got viral to such an extent that I had to pause my uh Instagram notifications. You know, oh. I've never done that in my life. I'm oh like I, before that I was to refresh please someone like a picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please someone like <laughs> after that I'm like please 
can you all stop? <laughs> like, like see me for who uh, I am. Don't see me at all. Exactly. <laughs> Can't relate. To, like, oh, make the notification stop. <laughs> yeah, That's and insane. then I'm so happy now because they finally stopped. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, I'm happy with the notification. Let them, let them, let mm. them flood in. But I'm also posting the other stuff. Yeah, mm. look at the other. Yeah, stuff. look at the other yeah. stuff. Like you know, I'm, I'm, I know, I got the validation for it. Like you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, that was the best uh, purchase I've ever made. The camcorder. Yeah. <laughs> paid off. Yeah, it paid off in like literally the first night. Wow. That's But it. congrats on all of that. And uh, do tell our followers where they can follow you and about your show that's coming up. Okay, so um, you guys can follow me on Instagram and TikTok. It's very simple. It's Yash Y A S H underscore H O U R. It's Yash Hour rhymes with Rush Hour. Uh, I've kept it uh, plain and simple. Oh, yes. Yes. See what you did there. Yeah. I basically came up with that uh, in the Sharjah traffic. Uh, so, ah, rush hour. Yeah, so I was like, rush yes hour. Correct, correct. The movie rush hour. Everything right. ties in. Everything makes sense. <laughs> Everything just fits well. I actually changed it um, for a bit to um, Yash makes jokes, and then people messaged me and they bullied me you know, <laughs> back into Yash hour. Anyway, uh, so my show Expat of Arabia is actually on Friday. So if you have no Friday plans. To buy your tickets, super limited tickets left. You can buy the tickets on uh, Virgin Megastore tickets, 800 tickets. The tickets are priced at 100 dirham. That's as much as a parking fine. Um, <laughs> a parking fine makes you cry. Will make you laugh at the same cost. So that's amazing. And we have uh, also apart from me, uh, we got three amazing opening acts. The show is hosted by Adi Thomas, who's an Abu Dhabi kid. Uh, he's brilliant at improv. He's brilliant at crowd work. So he'll be hosting the show. There's Noha Bashir, uh, who is Egyptian, and uh, she's lived in America and Canada, and then she brings all those stories on stage. There is Abdullah Hassan, who is actually uh, Somali by heritage, but then he's also uh, he's 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 Canadian by by nationality. So he again brings all those Somali stories, Canadian stories, living in Dubai, etc. So it's a phenomenal lineup, and uh, we we basically. We have we almost have a packed show already. Social so. District Palm Jumeirah this yes. Friday, fun, fun, fun. And do you want to sign off with your any of your iconic jokes? Um, He said he hates that. Let me let me just filter them out for uh, PG thirteen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I think that'll take a while. No, 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 no. no. I, so um, I was I, I actually uh, came up with this. Uh, not not came up with it. I I remembered this last week. So when I was when I was growing up, uh, my dad was the only one in our entire extended family to get a passport. And then you know uh, he went to London by himself. Hmm. Didn't take us long, and uh, like we knew he was coming back because he called us and he told us, you know how much do you know how much a roti is here? So we know he was. We knew he was coming back. <laughs> uh, so you know, uh, and then and then you know he told me that I'm getting you headphones, and I asked him what what headphones are these. And then he said, uh, "It's uh, it's a surprise. It starts with B." So I was super happy. I thought it's it's Bose or it's Beats. Yeah, so he came back and he uh, gave me these headphones that were by this company called uh, British Airways. Oh! <laughs> so just uh, yeah. So uh, what follows after that is not uh, PG thirteen. So uh, we'll keep it for the stage. Just yeah. stingy, desi father yes. things. I think uh, Arab fathers are pretty sad. much yeah. the same. Yeah. <laughs> you can relate on a level. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having thank me. You. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, same here. Um, Friday. 
Friday. Social district? Social district. Timing? 8 p.m. And Doors open at 7.30, okay. so if you get free, if you're, if you're a teacher, you can come at 6.00. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. <laughs> well, there are several perfect. holidays, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, that is it from us. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back with you same time, same, same place tomorrow. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Thanks for listening, guys. That was the Love and Dubai Show podcast, which is a Love and Media production and Augustus Media Podcast Network. A big thanks to all our producers, Shahir, Ali Khalil, Richie, Chaitanya, Ali Baba, and all our story contributors.